Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Today, I want to conclude my teaching on the subject of the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. Somebody say the blessing of the Lord. I have been teaching about this important subject because um, all through the Bible, anywhere you see God commanding people to be fruitful, he first blessed them. And it means that in our lifetime, as far as fruitfulness is concerned, we need to be able to ensure that the blessing of God is flowing in our lives. I have taught that everyone who is born again is blessed. Everyone who gives his life to Jesus, the blessing of God comes upon your life the very day and moment you give your life to Jesus, the blessing of God has come upon you. But then, this blessing has to continue to flow in your life all the time. And there are things that block the flow of the blessing. There are certain practices that keep the blessing flowing. And we have seen from the scriptures that one key practice that ensures that the blessing of God keeps flowing in the life of every child of God is honor. Everybody say honor. And we have been teaching on six important persons that you should honor in your lifetime. Um, if you study the Bible, realize that any time you fail to honor any such persons, the Bible talks about, you know, negative consequences. Uh, there's something we call self-imposed curses. I don't believe that a believer who is a child of God can be cursed. You listen to me carefully. I don't believe a child of God can be cursed. A child of God cannot be cursed. Why? Because God has blessed every child of God. Yeah. Every child of God is blessed by God at the day of salvation. So, and the Bible said, anyone God has blessed, no one can curse that person. So, I don't believe that a child of God can be cursed. But a child of God who is blessed can block the flow of the blessing in his life and then you begin to see struggles. So, anytime realize that nothing is working in your life, your life is full of frustration and struggles, the result is not because of a curse. It is because your own willful actions have opened the way for the enemy to afflict you and to hinder you and to, to destroy the blessings of God in your life. Never blame anybody. That's why if you are a child of God, you don't have anybody to blame for your failure. It is yourself because God has made it impossible for anybody to curse you. So six important people to honor. The first one is God. The second one is your parents. Third is your pastor. Fourth is those in authority. The fifth is your spouse. And the last one is those who honor you. How do you honor God? In worship. You honor God in worship. Number two, you honor God in praise. Number three, you honor God by showing reverence to his word. Your attitude to his word shows whether you honor God or not. Number four, you honor God by showing reverence to his house. Your attitude to his house. Number five, you honor God with your offerings. And the last one, you honor God with your tithes. If I must add one more, you honor God by fulfilling your vows. Anytime you go into God's house, never say anything you don't intend to do. Because God will hold you accountable to everything you say that you will do. If you make a vow to God and you don't keep the vow and you don't fulfill the vow, you have dishonored God. 
Number two, how do you honor your parents? You respect your parents. Number two, you, you never insult your parents. Number three, never despise them. Number four, obey their instruction. Number five, give to your parents always. Always. And if you are here and your parents are still alive, you still have an opportunity to trigger some blessings in your life. If your parents are still alive, you have opportunity. They may be difficult, troublesome. They may be ungodly. You still have to be wise. Find a way to make sure that if there's any issue between your parents, you should not be the cause. And if you are innocent and your parents want to fight you, God will defend you and God will protect you. But if you are guilty, you spoil your own case. Number three, how do you honor your pastor? Obey his instructions. Number two, respect your pastor. Number three, receive him as your spiritual father. Number four, never speak evil of your pastor. Number five, never spread false rumors about your pastor. Number six, never expose your pastor's mistakes in public. Number seven, do not allow people to speak evil of your pastor in your presence. Number eight, do not associate with people who rebel against your pastor. Number nine, give to him in an honorable way. Then we come to honor those in authority. And when we talk about authority, we are referring to an office, not a person. You may, you may not like somebody, but you must still honor the office he occupies. If God put people in authority over you, whether at your workplace, whether in your house, if you are a tenant, or whether in the church, if you belong to a department, or anywhere in society, you have to learn to honor because the Bible says that they are God's servants. People in authority are God's servants. Today, I want to talk about the last two. Honor your spouse. Honor your spouse. Let's read Malachi chapter 2 from verse 14 to 16. Malachi 2 verse 14 to 16. It says, for you say, for what reason? And the answer is, it's because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth. So if you are a woman, it means God is a witness between you and the husband of your youth. One of the things I want you to understand this morning when we study this scripture is that the Jewish culture is patrilineal. They, um, the Jewish, the Palestinian culture um, respect men over women. So throughout the Bible, you will see only the male gender being given prominence. But that is not God's principle. It is just a cultural practice. That is why when Jesus fed people in the desert, they counted only the men. You know, the Bible said 5,000 men were there. But there were also uh, women and children. But that is the practice. The Bible said in Genesis chapter 1, and God said, let us make a man in our image. But actually, the word man there, it means human being. So most of the places in the Bible, when you read and you see the male being referred to, it's actually being referred to all people. All right. So in this scripture, the Bible is talking to a man who has lived treacherously. But I want to say that it's not only men who live treacherously. Women also do. It said, the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she's your companion and your wife by covenant. 15. But did he not make them one, having a remnant of the spirit? And why did God make them one? He seeks godly offsprings. Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. Amen. Now, so the Bible says that God is unhappy with people who deal treacherously with their spouses. What is treachery? Treachery means betrayal. It means you cannot keep a contract. By nature, 
You are somebody who enters a contract with people, you know, a contract, a solemn agreement, you know, an agreement that is established on trust and vows, possibly. And you are somebody, you are quick to enter contracts, you say all the very outstanding things, but you don't keep them. And treachery is when somebody trusted you and you stabbed him in the back, you betrayed a person. And Bible says that when we do treacherously with our spouses, God will not allow his blessing to keep flowing in our lives. We'll read one more scripture in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. It says, wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, not another person's husband. You submit to your own husband. You don't submit to another man and keep misbehaving towards your own husband. Is every woman here today? Submit your own. That even if some do not obey the word, that means even if you have a, a husband who is an unbeliever, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wife. That means that a woman who is godly but has an unbeliever husband, by her good character in the house, she can cause the husband to become converted. It implies that a woman who has an unbeliever husband for life has a bad character. Because at a certain point, the man should be converted. By looking at your conduct, not by reading the Bible, but looking at your life, the way you relate with him. Verse 2, he said, when they observe your chaste conduct, in other words, your character accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, always taking care of your outward appearance, always wanting to be nice and looking beautiful, you know, by arranging your hair, wearing gold, putting on fine, you know, expensive clothing. As Peter said, there's nothing wrong with good clothing, there's nothing wrong with good hair, but do not let your beauty come from the outward. Verse 4, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Verse 5, for in this manner, in former time, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Husbands. Oh, I like that. I like the Bible. So he didn't only talk about the wives. Amen. He said the wives should be what? Submissive. Submissive means respectful. It means do not undermine the leadership authority of your husband. Do not disrespect your husband's place in the home. Your husband is the leader. Respect him and honor him. And the Bible said that husbands likewise. In other words, husbands. Everything I said about the wives, I have something for you also. He said, what did, what did he say? He said, Dwell with them with understanding, giving what? Honor to the wife. So, wives, be submissive to your husbands, respect them, and give them honor. Husbands, live with your wives with understanding. In other words, live with your wives wisely, wisely, giving honor to your wife. As to the weaker verses, so it is not only women who should respect their husbands. Men also must respect their wives. He said, as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together. Somebody say together. So this scripture says, husband and wife are both heirs together of the grace of life. What is an heir? An heir is someone who inherits blessings. 
So there are blessings to inherit, but the inheriting the blessing of the grace of God upon our lives is contingent upon how we relate with our spouses from the day you get married. The day you get married, how blessed you will be in life has something to do with your relationship with your spouse. He said that your prayers may not be hindered. So it means if you are a Christian and you are married and you are living treacherously, whether you are a male or a female, you will not experience the fullness of God's blessings in your life. It means you don't honor your spouse because he or she honors you. You honor your spouse because the word of God instructs you to do so. And when you honor your spouse and your spouse does not honor you, God will deal with him or her. You are not the judge. You are not the judge. So in every home, the most treacherous person is the one who is not prosperous. I can dare say that. In every married home, everyone between them, husband and wife, has equal opportunity of being blessed by God. That's why if you're a woman, never make that mistake that it is your husband who must take care of you forever. That is bondage. That is limitation. It is not in the Bible. I'm not taking care of my daughter all through life, through school, only for a man to marry her and take care of her. That's not why I'm taking care of my daughter. You, can, you cannot expect as a woman that you can't do anything. It's only your husband who must take care. It means you don't even understand what it means to be a child of God and be blessed. The person who is treacherous in their marriage will never prosper. You will toil and toil and toil. You will earn a lot of money and a strange wind will blow it away. Because you are living treacherously. Oh, this place is quiet. How do I honor my spouse? How do you honor your spouse? Number one, respect your spouse. Turn to the mentor and respect your spouse. To respect means treat people differently from the way you treat others. Treat them special. Treat them with dignity. Don't marry somebody and treat the person as if he's nothing, as if he's rubbish. It tells that you are not thinking straight. Respect your spouse, whether he has money or no money. Respect your spouse unconditionally. And if you respect your spouse, there are certain things you will never do to your spouse. You will not insult your spouse. And if you have ever insulted your spouse, apologize to your spouse. Apologize to your spouse. Do not insult your spouse. Be honest to your spouse. One of the most treacherous things to do is to keep deceiving your spouse. If your marriage is established on trust, and you cannot lie forever, the lie you keep telling one day, God himself will come to the house and expose you. God will come to that. That is why I tell people, I said, never marry a liar. If somebody proposed to marry you, okay, let's study each other to see whether this thing will work. You found out, he, to, he told a lie today, a lie tomorrow, a lie next week, a lie next month. Please, advise yourself. And stop fooling around that once somebody proposed to you, must marry you by all means. No, if somebody proposed to you, the reason is to study you to see whether that this thing will work or not. Never marry a liar. But liars are treacherous people. Be honest to your spouse. Do not speak evil of your spouse to others. Don't go out every day. When you get to your workplace, you put your spouse in the middle of the discussion and lambast your spouse and speak all the evil things about your spouse. You meet your friends. In fact, some of you here, your friends have even given your spouse a nickname. And you are happy. You are happy. So, Charlie, how far? Is he, is he there? Cool? Cool? Is cool there? Is Madam Tiger in the house? Somebody is calling your wife Madam Tiger. And you are happy. I mean, it's, it's, it's not intelligence at all. The person you are telling so many things about your spouse, he too, his marriage is not perfect. Probably his spouse is worse than yours. He's just pretending and lying to you. If you must talk 
about your spouse, about wrong things she's doing you don't like or he's doing you don't like, talk to a counselor. And when I say counselor, I don't mean self-acclaimed counselors. I mean professionals. Number two, talk to your pastor. Number three, if you must talk to a close friend, it must be limited information. When I say limited information, what I mean is that talk to a friend you can trust and say, you know what? I have a challenge at home. Pray with me. That's, that's enough. Did you hear what I said? That's enough. You don't go to your, your parents and speak evil of your, your spouse. You read to your siblings to speak evil of your spouse or your friends. Everybody sees your spouse as a very bad person. And then later you resolve issues with your spouse. And you, the two of you are fine. But all the bad impression you give about your spouse is still out there. In your office, it's there. In your family house, it's there. Everywhere. It's very bad. Good marriages don't just happen. You work at it. If it's not good, keep praying. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your spouse. Amen? And keep working at it. Nobody chose him or her for you. You chose him yourself. Stay with it. Work at it. Believe God. Talking about your spouse is not going to change him or her. It's not going to change him. Speaking evil of your spouse everywhere is not going to change him. And if you are very matured, don't be entertaining people who every day come to talk to you, speak evil of their spouse to you. It shows that you are not a mature person. And be careful about people who tell you, hey, you know, for me, anytime there's a problem in your home, come and talk to me about it. Be careful with such people. They are dangerous people. They're going to break your marriage for you. They will break their marriage and be enjoying their own. Talking about your spouse will not change him or her. Talking to God about your spouse can bring some results. Amen. Talk to God. Pray with me, brother. That's enough. If he really loves you, you should pray. Pray with me. That's enough. It's enough. Do not insult his or her family. Respect your spouse's family because that is where he is coming from. You can't tell me you respect somebody and you dishonor his family. You disrespect his family. You call your spouse mother a witch. It means you are not, you are not properly cultured. You call your father-in-law wizard. It means that you need deliverance. You see, never forget this. The man or the woman you are married to, somebody took care of him. People sold their clothes to pay his fees. People sold charcoal. People sold firewood. People did so many things, sacrifices to make your spouse the way he is before you met him or her. So don't you think the day you met him, he should just forget about everybody because of you? It means you are not sensible. Yeah, it means you are not sensible. People have to forfeit certain privileges in order to help your spouse to get to where he got to before he met you. you never meet somebody and think, now we are married, the two shall be one flesh. Don't talk to your parents again. Don't talk to your family again. Don't talk to anybody again. You know, it's, it's bad. Don't you tell him it's bad. If you respect your spouse, respect his or her family, never speak evil of your spouse's family. Never use any negative thing in your spouse's family to insult him or her the day people have misunderstanding. If people have misunderstanding, keep it to yourselves. Don't drag their family inside. Very, very important. The next one is remember his or her birthday and make it special. Don't you think it's important? Yeah. If you are here and you forget your spouse's birthday, I don't even know whether it's deliverance you need or you need a slap. In fact, you need a slap. And there are many people like that. So, Pastor, me, I'm not used to this. Things. When you marry, you get used to it now. Is everybody hearing me? Yeah. Your spouse's birthday, you cannot forget it. And I'm talking to both the men and the women. 
honor your spouse on his birthday or her birthday. Buy a special gift. When I say special, special gift. Save towards it. Treat your spouse special on his or her birthday. Do something different for him or her. Make her feel you appreciate and you honor her. That she's special in your life and that you thank God for bringing him or her into your life. And women, it is not only men who buy birthday gifts. Every married person must learn to buy a gift for your spouse. And anytime you are giving to your spouse, give to him or her in an honorable way. Don't give to your spouse some, what you give your children. Don't give to your spouse what you give others. Your spouse is a special person in your life. So treat everything you give to her in an honorable way. In honor. Ask yourself, this thing, if somebody give it to me, will I like it? Amen. Yeah, plan towards your spouse's birthday and treat your spouse special. Stop complaining there's no money. The money will only come when you do what I'm telling you. If you don't want to stop complaining every year there's no money to your spouse, start doing what I'm saying. Treat your spouse special. Don't be treacherous towards your spouse. Don't tell your spouse there's no money and take money and be giving to other people. It is good to give, but not at the expense of your loyalty to your spouse. You need to give to your parents. You need to give, help your siblings if there's need for it. You need to help your friends if there's need for it. But you cannot take all your money, give it to friends, or even to people who are not friends, and neglect your spouse. It's not a blessing. It is not a blessing. The next one is don't endorse any wrongdoing against your spouse. I've said it all through. It applies to your parents, your pastor, those in authority. It applies to your spouse. If somebody hates your spouse, that person cannot be your friend. If somebody hates your spouse and you, you make him your friend, you are endorsing that person's actions against your spouse. It is betrayal. If somebody disrespects your spouse, he is indirectly disrespecting you. I tell other people close to me, I said, you know, you cannot misbehave towards my wife and be nice to me. If I'm standing with my spouse, you can't. Good morning, pastor. You just spoiled your matter. Because everything else you say, I'm not going to mind you. And many people have done it. You see somebody and the wife standing there. You just greeted the man alone and left his spouse. What are you asking? You ask him, don't you know this man can be controlled in bed? Why are you not smart? You are not smart. In bed, this man can be told to kill you. And you are dead. You are dead. And you keep misbehaving towards somebody that you claim to respect. You are misbehaving towards the spouse. It's not done. Do not indirectly or directly endorse any wrongdoing against your spouse. Even if your spouse is wrong, do not expose his wrong in public. Wait till you get home. You tell you know what? What you did was wrong. But not in public. Yeah, not in public. So honor your spouse. Bible says our prayers can be hindered by the way we treat our spouse. It's a very serious thing. If your spouse is grieved all the time, I tell people, I said there are things you don't bother about. God is the judge. God is the judge. You know, Christians chapter 4 from verse 9, it says that a threefold cord is not easily broken. The day you come to the altar and you make that vow, God comes into the marriage and he's a judge in your marriage. That's why you must learn to trust God and leave certain things with him. Do you know what the Bible said? Every adulterer, God will judge you. Even if your husband and spouse doesn't catch you. That is why I don't believe in spying on your spouse. Because if your spouse is smart, you can never catch him. God can expose your spouse wrongdoing even if you don't spy. You, you'll be your somewhere minding your own business and information will run into your hands like that. That's how I live my life. I don't spy on anybody. I'm not worried who hates me or who doesn't. When it becomes necessary, God will expose you. Yeah. Bible says God will judge every adulterer. Because adultery is betrayal. It's betrayal. 
And if you are here, you are not faithful to your spouse, you have blocked the blessings of God from flowing in your life. Let's finish with the last one. Honor those who honor you. Let's read the book of 1 Samuel chapter 18. It said, now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. We all know the story of David. Never experienced love in his lifetime. The father never loved him. The mother would never heard of her. The siblings never believed in him. Always in the bush taking care of sheep. Until he killed Goliath. And the Bible said God touched somebody by the name Jonathan. The firstborn of King Saul. And this guy just fell in love with David. When he say love, it doesn't mean sexual affair. Homosexuals use this to preach in church that David and Jonathan were sex partners. It's not true. So if you are here and you are thinking that is what I'm saying, there is no mention of sex between David and Jonathan. The Bible said they went into covenants. What was the covenant? They made commitments to become friends and treat each other like brothers and show love to one another. And the Bible said Jonathan took off his armor and gave it to David with his sword and bow and his belt. It was a sign of loyalty, extreme, you know, commitment. And let me say this, in your lifetime, there are people God will bring into your life who will show you love beyond the ordinary, who will show you respect, who will show you loyalty and commitment and dedication, and you must make sure you don't treat them like the way you treat other people. All people are equal, but not all people are the same. Let me say it again. Treat everybody equally. Every human being is equal before God. How many of you know that? We are created in the image of God. Every human being is equal. But not all human beings are the same. There's a difference between equality and sameness. And so in your lifetime, you must be very careful to identify people who have gone out of your way to show you respect, to treat you with dignity, to treat you special, to treat you with love and care. And you must return that loyalty and love and care. Otherwise, you'll be seen as an ungrateful person. And God will stop bringing such people into your life when you keep doing that. Sometimes I hear people praying, God, give me destiny, help us. What about the people who came into your life yesterday? How did you treat them? How do you treat them? Let's read the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9. We all know the story of Jonathan and David. Before David would realize it, Jonathan was dead. David did not have the time to return the love that Jonathan showed him. If you read the story of David, you will see that for David to be alive, it was Jonathan who helped him. Because it was Jonathan who told David, my father wants to kill you. Run out of the palace. David will never live if not for the help Jonathan gave. But unfortunately, Jonathan did not live long. He died. Now, when David became king, this is what he said. He said, now David said, is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. So who are the people who have helped you? Some of you are here. There are people who paid your fees in school. Today they have problems you don't even mind. You pretend you don't know. 
There are people who did open some doors for you. There are people who recommended you for you to get to that position you are now. There are people who showed you honor and respect. So if you have three children and one is most respectful, the other two are troublesome, you cannot treat all the three the same. Otherwise, you are telling the one who is respectful that it is not worth it. Yeah, you cannot treat all your children as you treat your children according to how each one decides to relate with you. If your child is treacherous, you cannot treat that child the same way you treat the one who is loyal. If you have 10 employees, five are, in fact, they are always praying the company should collapse. The other two that are hardworking, you cannot treat them like the other employees. The employees who show you honor, you must honor them. You must honor That is why there's award kings in society. That's why people are awarded. Yeah. So in your family, at your workplace, everywhere, this principle is everywhere in your lifetime. You must always never forget to treat people with equality but not with sameness. Never ever. There are some family members you have to love because they showed you love extremely. There are some family members you have to run away from them because they have showed beyond all reasonable doubt that any opportunity they get, they will destroy you. It's not every auntie you call mama. So everywhere, never let somebody come to you to force you to treat him or her the same way you treated somebody else that he saw. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, every now and then I've seen that. People come in to me and want, because they've seen that I've done something for somebody, they want it. Do you know what the person has done? I was telling somebody one day in my office, I said, there are people when they do certain things to me, I get offended, but I keep quiet. Don't go and copy them. Because you don't know what that person did for me yesterday. You do the same thing, you may suffer. <laughs> oh yes, you will suffer. Because what the person did, you haven't done it. So you will suffer. Listen, never decide to be somebody who always wants to eat your cake and have it. Let me say it better. Never try to reap where you have not sowed. And when you were a struggler and a sufferer, the people who were there for you, now that you are blessed, forget them and start treating some people just showed up yesterday and behaving as if they are the ones who made you what you are. It doesn't happen that way. When you do that, you are not being smart. There are people when they are sick, you need to go. You need to do what? Go visit them. Don't find any excuse to pretend because of what they did for you before. There are people in your life when they are bereaved, you need to leave everything you are doing. You need to be there and not just be there. Show your presence in kind, because they've been good to you. They've been good to you. Yeah, it's very painful when sometimes, you know, you just see people in the most difficult time in your life, you see people and the way they treat you, and you, you are wondering, you are wondering, but you have helped this person before. You have done so much for this person before. But today, he treats you like you are nothing. It's not a blessing. Turn to name and tell him it's not a blessing. Hallelujah. Honor those who honor you. Turn to name and tell him, honor those who honor you. There's no other way. There are times when you need to show gratitude to people. The only time you can do that is not when the person has died. Some of you, you know, we are typical Africans. We, when people die before we honor them. No, honor the person now. Honor the person now. If you die, you know, one time I, my mom told me something I'll never forget. She said, if your friend dies, everything you go and do, he will not see it. She said, if your friend is bereaved, go and show him love. Never forget. Don't wait for people to die before you honor them. Don't wait for your parents to die. You go and do a big funeral, expensive coffee, expensive buffet. But your mother was hungry every time. You never gave her food. It's a shame. Don't wait till your spouse is dead. Then you start crying. 
She's in the casket wondering, is he crying? Am I hearing some tears? No, don't wait for your spouse to die. Show him or her love today. Don't wait for your friends to die before you honor them. The people who have honored you, treated you well, honor them when they are alive. Reward people, even your children, those that have been exceptionally very, very, very respectful. Find ways to let them know you appreciate it. If you have employees that are very exceptional in their work, find ways to honor them. It rewards people. It encourages people to continue to do good. You know, some of us, do you know what we do? We have made people vow never to do good to another person again. Yes. We have betrayed people to the point where people have vowed they will never help anybody again because they give you all the help in the world. You turn back and you stab them in the back. Lord, help us to show honor the rest of our lives. Help us to walk in honor. Lord, give us wisdom to always honor people. We want to honor our spouses. We want to honor those who honor us. We want to honor our parents. We want to honor our pastors. We want to honor God. We want to honor those in authority. Give us wisdom. Give us wisdom. Give us wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.